0: There's no motor spot on TV. So you're really down on your luck. But Martin, Pete, and
1: Mike will talk about what they like and not really give a further thought to what the listeners think.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Caution Period Podcast. I am Mike. I'm joined by Pete and Martin as well. Hello. Hello. Um, and uh, we started drinking. At the earliest, an hour ago, I think probably.
2: I only just started, but I am five hours behind you. So, if we adjust for time, do we start at the same time?
1: Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair so. enough. I've, I've only, I've just, I'm on my second, and I'm afraid I'm only on like three point five percent beers because of I'm a lightweight, and you've already but, tipped um, some of it on yourself. So
2: yeah, so I do smell like a. So does that mean you house. have three point five percent trousers? <laughs> No, That's my you know, trousers totally we start talking them. about the 2006
0: <laughs> Indy 500 which is the the race that we're going to be talking about today. Um we've all watched that. I think uh, we've all watched it today actually as well, so it's kind of fresh in in memory, right? Yeah, you know, I watched
1: it this morning. Yeah, I've I already watched it w- once. I re I rewatched it. I needed
2: to <laughs> properly take in all the pre and post race celebrations this time. Fair enough. Yeah. I no, think I mean, I've 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 pretty really much watched every Notable in Indi- the Indianapolis race now in the last
1: <laughs> thirty years. I have See, to is say, impossible that... to have a boring Indy 500. That's what I was thinking. watching. yes, like, It I, wasn't the one you went to boring. No, yeah, it was the closest. It was. I, I didn't find it boring. Um, Lucy, my girlfriend, fell asleep. Um, but she falls asleep during any Grand Prix I take, any race I take her to. Um, it was the closest finish in, in the race's history. Um, and I guess uh, it was one. like it threatened to run completely under green. It was like the yellow was only thrown. Yeah, like 10 laps to go. That's um, probably I what I cause... mean, isn't it? It's just that it was a, a very green race. Yeah, and also, um, I think it's because Ryan Hunter runs as well, which makes it just quite a boring race. They just write that one off the record then, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. But
2: I, I have to say, I I mean, firstly, shout out to um both IndyCar and Indianapolis Motor Speedway for having fantastic YouTube channels where they yeah, have a collection of... of free. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, they don't have every race, but I think... Th- it's probably more for more morbid reasons than anything else. They skip a few years, especially, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so they're kind of a, a, a smattering of races. I wouldn't say there's every single one of them, but any of the ones that you you seem to get referred to quite a lot, um, they, then they're in there. So some real real cracking races from like the 80s and 90s. But I I do agree with you, Mike. Like every time you watch them come like three wide round the yeah you know, the, round the pace laps and stuff, it's Especially not really knowing what's going to happen because I obviously only really have watched these races for the past sort of ten years or so, maybe a little bit longer. So all the ones in the '90s, um, it's it just like watching, so like watching the Indy 500 over and over again. Yeah, because like, yeah. you don't, really say, don't one, know what's
1: going to happen. As good as the channel is, it's fantastic, and I applaud them for doing it. Please do not make the thumbnail the guy who won the race because it's really yeah, like. It <laughs> True, it's a bit bit annoying. Like for some of us who don't quite recall who won, or the
2: first line of the description, so you (laughs) have to like hold your hand up on this screen.
0: I um I actually remembered this race because it was one that um we watched Pete, you and I, um when it was live. Uh, So the first Indy five hundred I'd ever um experienced live was via, like, internet radio it was the only way I could get hold of it because I didn't have Sky or anything. I was a student at the time. And um, and so I, I listened to the coverage of the 2005 one on um, on internet radio. Bizarrely, it's like Indianapolis local radio being streamed over the internet. So that was by 2005. And then for 2006, we actually got together to do the whole Monaco Indy 500 weekend yeah. thing as as spectators. And, and so this was, like, the first Indy 500 I think I'd watched live – with TV coverage, um, and we we probably got extremely drunk, I seem to recall, in your, I think we were in your, like, attic or something, weren't we, Pete?
2: No, I think I think we were, wasn't this when we were actually in Birmingham? No, that when was 2007. That. So 2007, oh, was,
0: okay. we went to a sports bar in Birmingham, because that was the year Franchitti won, uh, oh. and we got... Oh, and had
2: the rain delay, which just yeah. caused... A lot more drinking. A lot more drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I was completely <laughs> obliterated by the end of was it. Was this one of the red think
1: They, they ran it on a Monday, did they? And you were still, no, in, they, still they, in the bar, at did, just get it in in just a getting ratted.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know if they if they did do the whole race. I can't remember have to, they I, did. I, yeah, I think they did. They did. But the problem was,
0: that basically, we were in this sports bar, and like normally it would have wrapped up around sort of I guess seven ish, maybe eight ish, but it just kept going. And yeah. we had to keep like reminding them to leave it on the TVs for us. We were the only like f- four or five people in the entire sports bar watching this. But also, the sports bar became like a club night on a Sunday night. Like with some yeah. like super cheap like not 10p a pint, but you know like one pound fifty a pint. Like yeah, it was like night. was it like
2: a picture of beers and chicken wing deal yeah, they had going on? Yeah, and so five.
0: we were. We'd been drinking all day, we were completely obliterated, and the race just kept going on, so we had to stay there and keep drinking to find out what happened. So, actually,
2: it was was a slightly more civilized version of that I did last year with a friend of mine. And, um, where we it's actually me, my wife, and a good friend of ours, we went to um for brunch thinking, okay, could have TVs up there, be like, okay, we can. We, they have like bottomless cocktails for this brunch. <laughs> so we thought it'd be a great idea to like plant ourselves down there about 11. Because I think the, the race is normally starting like just after midday. So yeah, you know, by the time we've had breakfast and things like that, you know, we'd just hang around and watch the Indy 500 then and see how long we, we could get away with having like mimosas and stuff all <laughs> afternoon. And uh, But then we didn't realise that the, the pre-race is like three hours long. So <laughs> yeah. it's the same sort of thing. We're absolutely slammed by the time the race started. It was a uh, yeah, was like, a good time. It seems like, like a running theme at Indy 500 that just ends up in drunkenness.
1: Well, it's yeah, it's, that's definitely that's definitely the idea. The best Indy, the best one I've seen is when we watched it. Was it in Düsseldorf? We ended up watching. Yes, yeah. So we on were in,
0: back. we were on the way back from the Nurburgring 24 hours, and there was like a British Airways uh, str- not strike. It was like a they had some like systems crash or something, and so all the flights were cancelled. And we like some of the guys like. At the Nurburgring 24 Hours that we were at, like some of them jumped in a car before the end of the race and like were driving back to the UK. Um, some people got an earlier flight and had to miss the end of the Nurburgring 24 Hours. And we'd been there for 24 hours and been awake for most of it. So we were like, well, we're not leaving before the end. So we just sort of kind of left it in the lap of the gods. And also, um, this is a
1: Nando year as well. I was not, yeah, this miss is the, the year Nando. for Nando. So yeah. we
0: were going to miss it. We were going to be traveling while it was on and we were going to have to watch it after the fact. But then um, basically this systems crash happened, our flight got canceled and we were like, right, we'll just rebook for tomorrow morning, made it to Dusseldorf, British Airways paid for our like hotel rooms that night. So and somehow I still, I'm not entirely clear how I managed to do this, but I found a bar that was going to be showing the Indy 500 in Dusseldorf. Like, I mean, if it was the Grand Prix, that would be like challenging enough. I don't speak any German. But somehow I managed to find a bar that not only, you know, was a sports bar, but it was showing the Indy 500. And they actually had the TV, like, pointed out into the street and a bunch of outdoor seating. It was absolutely perfect. And Martin oh, and I brilliant. got absolutely destroyed again. Like you say, running theme. Just got absolutely battered and watched, um, watched the Fernando Alonso Indy 500. It was, it, was
2: it, pretty- it does tend to be like, I think Indy 500 days do always tend to be pretty cool. Because it's not just about the fact that motor racing has to It's also, like... It's a, it's a good time of the year because it's proper yep. springtime. And like, I think there's a picture of me sitting on one of those pool floats with the cup holders in it. <laughs> <laughs> Watching it outside at, at my in-laws place in Florida. And it's like, it's always like just, just it's a good time of year. Yeah. And it's, the, well, the whole thing is, is
1: like, the whole thing is just a mass excuse for a piss up. I guess you Have you guys, do you guys haven't been to one? Have you? You need to come. Not this yet. This so, well, I've no. only been to one, but I want to go back. But it is just like, a lot of people just aren't there for the race. It's just loads of people getting absolutely ratted in the stands.
2: And and it's worth noting that for, and this was impressive to me too, watching some of the older races. Ever since like the 60s and 70s, it's been like hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Like this is not like a crowd that just appeared the past few years. This is, if anything, probably hit its peak in the 90s, I guess. But like, this is like four to five hundred thousand people.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's because... like the biggest. Uh, it's the biggest sporting event in the world. It's big in the World Cup final in terms of having the amount of people in yeah. one place. Um, yeah, and I, and also a lot of people just in around in around in It's just part of tradition. You go there if you were, You go there to get wrecked and then go into the terrible bands playing in the middle. And really? like some guy, um, just to fast forward a little bit. But like some. Some guy gets absolutely spanked by a bit of carbon fibre, which flies into the stand at one point. And I swear the only reason he survives is because he's so drunk, he's yeah. kind of yeah. collapsed in the spot. <laughs> the, yeah, when, the they it, <laughs> when, when they describe a protective barrier
2: around. When they describe his state, they're like they used every term they could, other than drunk, to describe how drunk he was. <laughs> Chatting like, happily, easily, and using making jokes, <laughs> doesn't really know where he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but I was, I was going to say um I, I think Indy 500 day obviously it normally coincides with Monaco it occasionally coincides with the um Nürburgring 24 hours um and that that weekend is just like motorsport christmas for me
2: Well you're forgetting the blatant attempt to try to take limelight off it by the Coca-Cola 600 which I don't think anyone oh, yeah. watches yeah I've never well, watched people that
1: The one I saw was when Carl Busch did the, did both in the same day Oh that oh, was it, amazing was yeah.
2: yeah, he, he did flew, flew from NASCAR the NASCAR
1: race on the Saturday it, yeah. night and then
2: flew to Indy. No, the, was what, a... the Kogo six hundreds on the Sunday night, though. Yeah, he, got, he, he, got done, a jet, he, he He got a, he flew. He yeah. flew from
1: the five hundred to the to the six hundred. But he would have had no. to keep
2: doing it across the weekend to do practices. Yeah, and that was it. Probably, stuff yeah, like I like do it. remember
1: him doing like doing a hop. Before, but the yeah, I, show. I
2: almost refused to watch the NASCAR race because firstly, uh, I think uh, normally I've, I can't stay awake that long. <laughs> but but also I feel like you're just gonna have a six hundred mile race on the same day as the Indy five hundred yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. You know. Um Okay.
0: But Martin Martin's story, Martin's in Indy five hundred day was pretty good because
1: you watched the Monaco Grand Prix from the Delara factory, is that right? Yeah, I watched it from the Dallara factory in their kind of in their kind of cafe. Um and it's just just it's just it's just, it's just incredible. Indianapolis is just an incredible place on race day, but it's even better when you get in there nice and early. Uh, when you've been staying in an absolute dive hotel on the outskirts of town, because that's all you could find, where people have definitely been murdered multiple times. The same person murdered. And then just go to rock up to the track and watch Monaco, because it just fits so perfectly.
2: I imagine yeah. that the Delara, I mean, I mean Delara and IndyCar, I mean, that's a great relationship with Delara, isn't it? All those spare parts... All those cars getting absolutely destroyed. It's just like, it's, I mean, it's comical, the amount of carnage that they go through. And and it's also worth noting, firstly, that for people that don't necessarily realise this, but like, it is the entire month of May. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just banging around that track. And that's just, what I
1: find because they've rescheduled it this year for September, haven't it? It was August. But I don't how are they going to do the are they gonna do it again it's a month or they can gonna condense it down into like a week or two? They can't, that's they, a good question, ca- I have no idea. It can't
2: surely
0: it can't be a month. Um, <laughs> well
1: they have to do the rookie stuff. Yeah.
0: They'll
2: have to get that out of the way. They so, don't
0: have to do the first because they did the road course
2: race normally, so they might they'll probably skip that, right? Well that's only been the first, the last couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Before that it was just, you know. But I don't know how they're going to schedule it. I you'd imagine they'd try and condense it, because I mean, really, a lot of it is just pre-season testing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah.
2: So if you if you're not doing it pre-season anymore, then there's not much point. I but... feel
0: like around sort of September October, like assuming everything is restarted as as planned, it's going to be completely grueling. There's going to be a like Grand Prix every weekend, an IndyCar race every weekend. Uh, Probably Le Mans and probably a twenty-four hour race every weekend as well. It's going to be completely ludicrous.
2: I don't know what. How, I mean. I hope you're going to get your stockpile of trousers ready, Martin. It's going to... <laughs> <laughs> Just every five to minutes, a pair on, of trousers so like... be catapulted point of the sky above. Martin's. You'll have to. You'll have to buy a couple more like washing machines and tumble dryers <laughs> so you keep like a good circulation going. <laughs> It's going to be, a, I mean, I'm excited for it in a way, but, but I'm I'm also, I don't think it's going to happen like we think it's going to happen because it's like no. something we've talked about before. It's like, you know, everything's postponed until it's cancelled, right? It's not going to be uncancelled. So yeah. everything, as far as I can tell, is like, you know, anything has been postponed is ba- basically one small step away from being cancelled fully. And I think once, yeah, I think there was a, you know, not to skip into our news segment here, but like there was a story I read about the NASCAR schedule where, tracks were having to give up their spots for like i guess there are some tracks they consider like more like the daytonas and talladegas Mm. and they're taken over from like the richmond's and the some of the other ones that aren't seen as as kind of high yeah high is critical to their kind of campaign so once you start seeing that happen it's like well it's kind of a rough deal isn't it if you're on the calendar for nascar and you start getting chopped off and i think there's going to be those things are going to happen in other other motorsport series as well right yeah. because you know if you start having to pick and choose which races you're going to do because you're going to fit in certain ones then you're going to be really upsetting some venues because like formula 1 for example no one's going to be wanting to be considered even if like, there's always going to be that tier approach yeah, yeah. and these promoters are paying money for this so what's the chance they're going to want to pay i mean they won't, won't have to obviously pay to hold the race if not holding one but it's kind of a slap in the face, isn't it? So, I feel
0: like um in, in Formula One, it, it would follow the money rather than the history. I reckon the stuff that would be more likely to be dropped would be the stuff that you do consider like historic Formula One. Like, I don't know, maybe not Monza because of the Ferrari connection, but like other classic circuits, the stuff that they would definitely not want to drop off the calendar are the big... The big money ones like yep. Singapore,
2: and
1: Abu Dhabi, and things like that. You know? Yeah, the way like, like Spa is totally expendable. In fact, the yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, they yeah.
0: they drop Spa before they drop Singapore, which especially is because
2: F one's income is going to be revenue is going to be in the dumps this year. And yeah, if yeah. they get a race. But
1: they did Chase Kerry yeah. said so that there, there may well be races that aren't on the calendar that are going to kind of step forward just logistical problems. So right, fingers crossed for Brown Hatch F one. <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine if F1 went to Brands Hatch GP?
2: They'll have to do a whip around for money to pay the, for the promotions fees, right? Because, I mean, and for an entirely the... new trouser collection. Because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well that'd be another couple of washing machines. But I do feel like I mean realistically, I mean that sounds great in theory, right? But ultimately though, F one is not gonna hold these races to your point, Mike, unless they're gonna get revenue for it. Mm-hmm. And the revenue all comes from track promoters. So these tracks that Chase Carey's talking about, yeah, you've got to also hope that these tracks that aren't on calendars today are going to be like, here's however many million dollars to ho- host a race here. It's like, you know, what tracks that are not on the calendar today have that sort of income on a year like this when no one's making any money? Yeah. I, I just it- It's going to be really interesting. I hope it happens like we, we imagine it to happen. Um, but... I think it's in all likelihood it's not going to be like the English Premier League where they're doing back-to-back games and stuff like that, like they
1: say they're going to. But back-to-back games aren't they going to be like five minutes and a half as well?
2: Yeah, with seventeen subs. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: uh, it's going to be
2: it's going to be interesting. But I think if we get any racing at all, I'll be happy. But but we should go back to this race though. Well, Um, let's
0: let's do. I mean, is there any other news? Because I feel like we've we've sort of. Basically, what we've done so far is talk about how great the Indy 500 is, which I'm absolutely fine with. But yeah. if there is any other news that anyone else has spotted recently, well, there's the LMDH sort of stuff
1: mentioned. that got announced. The LMDH stuff got announced this week, and Porsche are considering it. And is it LMDH? I get always get my name limited. Yeah,
0: LM, LMDH. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, and so, so this it's just based.
1: <laughs> it's going to be Toyota and uh, Colin. <laughs> oh no, 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 no it's yeah. not just yeah, Colin. So it's Glickenhaus. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. So Glickenhaus has recommitted to hypercar. Toyota have said they still want to make a hypercar. But everyone else is looking at LMDH because they can run in America.
2: I, well, yeah. And also the hypercar doesn't, it's still, I I mean, I know it sounds great, but it, doesn't, it still doesn't exist. I, I don't think they've actually ratified any no. rules, right? It's just a Well, Toyota built
1: it. They're testing it already. It's like the first race was supposed to be in three months' time. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the yeah. thing. Like, what is
2: it? Like, is it just their prototype now, but with a different body on it? Does it have Probably, like a Camry yeah. front grille duct taped to the front of it? I mean, that would like, be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a Yaris. It's a really fast Yaris. <laughs> they show it in it, and it's the Yaris WRC car. Oh, oh, that, that, am- that, that, <laughs> that, that looks that That there's a road going version of that.
1: Looks mint.
0: Mm. Looks amazing. The GR4, or whatever it's called, is it? RSV4. yeah,
2: um, <laughs> Mike. We need to quickly get off the topic of Toyota, yeah, so sure, otherwise be here
1: all day. Um, <laughs> Before I get completely but, nude.
2: Like, but,
0: but what's what's so so the, the 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 twin stories regarding Porsche were that they're pulling their GT their US GT entries factory yeah. entries yeah. from Le Mans. So it's only going to be the European Porsche factory entries uh, in the GT class at, at Le Mans, but then. The good news was that they said they're looking
2: at LMDH, um, but this hyper. Well, and also, the other good news is that we are getting a couple more P ones in, though. Because right on the reserve from the reserve, from list, the reserve, like list. being one of them. Well, that's cool. Anything in the top class. So we'll past. see them for a couple of minutes. It's a good job we're not, not filling it with Janetta.
1: Janetta, who would actually win in the race between Colin and... Have Colin and Janetta been up against? They must have been. Who would win in the, yeah, they well, the, year... the year we went? But Colin yeah. launched the titans. <laughs> <laughs> they actually
2: can't exist at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the improbability drive <laughs> in Hitchhiker Sky to the Galaxy.
1: <laughs> yeah, <Or> Colin... <laughs>
0: Oh, it's part of the fun, isn't it? But yeah, it, I, <laughs> I seem to recall that it was the year we, we went, uh, 2018, and the the Colin destroyed itself fairly early doors, I seem to recall. I think it burst into flames or something. So one of the Ginettas made it to the finish when we went to uh, went to Le Mans. I mean, they did spend like about six hours in the garage and then went out for the last 20 minutes, but but it's still a finish. That's all
2: right. It's still finished, yeah. still counts.
1: Is it, I think it was classified, was it? It was well we don't have to get yeah, into the
2: technicalities uh, of it, Martin. It crossed the line <laughs> at the end, right? <laughs>
1: um But yeah. Well I had
2: so I had one one other thing on the Porsche Porsche stuff though. So if they're not I I you know, my attempt at researching news is normally reading the headline and then just scrolling down until I see whatever bold text appears. <laughs> um so are they pulling their US entries just from Le Mans or was it from the entire um i IMSA don't know series. actually
0: i don't know i i mean i don't know whether they, I, I didn't think they're pulling it from imsa i think they're just i didn't think so either yeah. i just
2: wasn't sure but because that would also turn that i because are there bmws in the IMSA series this year or is it they there were, are this year but i don't think we're gonna be after. next year okay so it's basically just yeah so otherwise it would have just been bmws and corvettes right yeah yeah, yeah it would have been pretty dire um um but uh, uh, what I was going to say
0: about the the hypercar thing is surely, surely this is as a concept completely dead in the water. At the point when Porsche don't, with the resources that Porsche have, don't want to do the hypercar thing, but are eyeing up the the one where they can run in the states in front of a bunch of like in front of a huge Porsche buying audience.
1: I don't, I can. It's still, it's 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 a, it's a better situation than it was, but it's still they're still tied up because of the Peugeot thing as well. I think Peugeot are still committed, don't they to, to Are they going to do a hypercar? Yeah. I think so. I think Peugeot committed to the hypercar once you've once you've, yeah, gone, a certain, with that. Once you've gone a certain way, a, a certain way down that kind of um, exploring that avenue. I don't think you can really backtrack once when, when the big company right. spent ages trying to woo is like let's start actually committed to it and started investing in it. Eventually but yeah. like, Aren't
2: Peugeot notoriously good at just being like, oh yeah, well we looked into it and did it for a bit, and then we're just like, yeah, whatever. Yep.
1: Yeah. God, the ACO are just hilarious. They, they, do, they, they just... They,
2: they're so they're so thirsty for Peugeot, aren't they? They'll do anything, even though Peugeot would just they don't really care that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd love to see Peugeot, but as long as they call it the FAP again, the HDI FAP, <laughs> um,
0: I I think internet the,
2: goes insane.
0: I, I think the problem with the, all this stuff and the, the Porsche stuff as well, and I think Audi made an announcement recently that said they're not going to be focusing on anything other than electric and customer racing like this is the start of it's it's not it's no longer fashionable for um manufacturers to be seen to be burning like a ton of fuel and that's why like formula e is in an amazing spot in terms of manufacturers and will only get better i think probably it wouldn't surprise me if eventually we have a, a formula e grid that is entirely like car manufacturers and like fairly big names um because it, it's it's the, the the done thing basically, obviously. Yeah, you
1: know. To yeah, totally. Actually, it? in to the eat... current climate, it's going to accelerate oh, yeah. that as well. Because you're not going to get who's going to want to put all that money into burning fossil <laughs> Well, quite. Yours. Yeah. So
0: I feel like we're we're at we're at the we're at the sort of tipping point where the only thing manufacturers are going to be interested in is electric racing or like flogging uh gt3 cars
1: to to rich people yeah um, so i hate to sound like a wanker but i quite look forward to that because it's manufacturers that ruined f1 so it's like it's that big thing <laughs> if we go back like, everyone's like oh it'd be terrible but like the golden age which everyone always harkens back to is, the, is the, the, uh, the age of the privateer just like bring back the privateers yeah amazing
2: so so you're saying if they all like just all bailed from formula one martin right and and left formula one just for the garage easters to rock
1: up with a shed on wheels i would love that wouldn't you
2: yeah, no, that'd be brilliant. I, I'm actually thinking, like, I'm just waiting for the FIA to totally screw themselves over, though, because you can see that what happened, where there's a bit of a conflicting series, you've got, like, the technology in Formula E getting to the point where you don't have to have them. I mean, right now, they do them on, in like, um, like city locations mm. because it's convenient to have very tight, twisty tracks. They don't really want them to go out to, like, these big... F1 style tracks because just they'll just seem so slow. Yeah. But I imagine that's only going to go on for a few years, right? But eventually, the battery technology is going to get to a point where they can run a full chat for longer. And at least that would be the aim. Can you imagine the FIA blocking that natural progression to the bigger tracks? Because they I don't think want it's to take happen, away it's from it's not. It's
1: not part of the sports DNA though. The sports DNA is uh, it's these things that you can run in cities, and that's a whole that's the same. That's what manufacturers Yeah, love
0: it's always it's always yeah, it's always been seen as a positive running in cities. Like you would never get away with a combustion engine race in a, in the middle of a city because it's just a bad look in terms of like emissions. But because it's electric, they're like, yeah, we can run in Battersea Park or we can run in the you know New York and, and places like this because the cities are always like, yeah, this is good. It's a green initiative and things like that but like i really feel like uh, you know coronavirus as as a as a sort of thing seems to have kind of chucked f1 into this sort of existential crisis that goes beyond just like one cancelled season whereas i don't think anyone's worried about formula e i don't think anyone's worried that formula e won't come back and be strong and you know
1: that is the environmental thing you know it's also and it's just because of f one as a sport was unsustainable, like a lot of uh sport was as well um it's like um because it's just it's just got to a ridiculous point uh, and especially when you see the budgets being thrown around and everything and like, i think as Zach Brown said that you can see a few teams going under, and this is a big threat but i think this is f one's yeah. always been s f one exists in an existential crisis that's part of its appeal it's yeah, always it's trying true. to it's always trying to devour itself at some point, that's something why I love it. But Could it something seem like to think about during the off season as well, doesn't it? It's good you think I, about when it's a boring race as well. So it's I wouldn't, nice rule, I that.
2: wouldn't rule out the uh, the Formula E like merging into something that it's not today though, because the more manufacturers get involved, the more manufacturers stick together and lobby to change it into something that they want to do. And I think at the point at which they think the technology is, like, let's say Audi, right? They're throwing all their their race car development into something that is not Formula One. So is it within their best interest to make that racing series seem more you know, pro, you know technolo- technologically relevant and performance-wise better than Formula 1 to make to try to tip the scales in in the favor of Formula E in terms of being more of a high profile sport
0: I think they I think, they will want to I think manufacturers just by their very nature will want to be able to compete for a like material advantage so the cars are still very similar at the moment obviously there are some parts that different manufacturers can yeah can uh contribute to but like really broadly it still like feels very much like a spec formula um, yeah totally but uh, i think as time goes on it, it will become a bit more like formula one because manufacturers will be like well we want to be able to use our engineering ability to prove the dominance of our particular brand or whatever um, and then from
2: a marketing point of view they're going to want to make it get the limelight that if you're choosing one or the other mm. you're going to wait want to do whatever you can to make that one you choose have an advantage over the other and
1: well the so thing I, is the I, thing if the thing for me is missing is big prestige events i guess it's the fact that would could like like obviously we can talk about indy 500 at some point and everything but like, obviously uh, when the irl cart split happens the thing that the thing the big thing that um IRL had was the 500s Yep, yeah like maybe like until when formula really gets like a prestige event not that it's ever going to nick monaco or something but there's actually there's no reason why i couldn't i mean the they, monaco, they go yeah. they go to monaco obviously yeah. um
0: and it's cool um i think the problem is that a prestige event requires heritage and so it needs to be around for like 100 years um, yeah yeah yeah, totally, yeah. and also well, unless, Monaco's you, not- unless
2: you make fe the the lmp2 of formula one <laughs>
1: yeah oh this is spicy i like this
2: right i mean it, but like honestly if they could last for a decent amount of time if they if the technology got there and they could or they could do something with quick change stuff in pit stops that aren't changing another car like why wouldn't it be what the devil's advocate, a what's, with it?
0: what's the benefit for formula e in doing that when they're growing something that is entirely their own at the moment and although you say that well FIA it's can, still with
2: the fias isn't it
0: yeah i mean yeah the yeah, the FIA sanctions it certainly,
2: but it's just the FIA. I'm not saying the FIA might do this just to protect Formula One from being devoured by <laughs> Formula E. If they, if it loses all manufacturer interest in Formula One, if yeah. Formula One loses its relevance in terms of technology. Then you you have to merge the two, right? Because for, you can't have Formula One like dying on the vine and not have Formula One anymore. If Formula is doing really well in comparison. Maybe a merger of the two. If I the love your solution. My solution
1: to any kind of motorsport problem is always just get everyone out on track at the same time. Just bring them out. Exactly. Chuck, chuck out the Formula for 24 hours as well. Multi-class. Yeah, <laughs> and then get
2: whoever it is. Who I always forget his name, but the guy that does the race directing for WBC to Eduardo to Debra Debra Freitas. This. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Yeah, for some reason, he makes everything better. It doesn't it's, matter what it's race his it is. F- horror movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like Bela Yeah, kind of, so yeah to, <laughs> the, to the pits. <laughs> It's actually not, we've never actually heard his real voice. He's just using <laughs> Windows to, like, repeat his text entries. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a couple more news articles on, for then. us to go through. Um, I can't wait for one of them. I hope you guys haven't seen it. It's <laughs> such, such a cool story. Um, but for the first one, um, there's, there's an article that I was reading about, um, about um, the British government with regard to the Silverstone Grand Prix. Mm. Um, but I don't know if that, did you guys see that? Um, because that's going to have an effect on how. Because they're saying that um, the quarantine thing because
1: the fourteen day quarantine and all the yeah. That are, yeah right okay so they could be in, introduced to
2: in late May or early June, which basically means anything after that in Sil- at Silverstone would be affected by that. Right? Oh, well,
1: Do you, you reckon someone One would, would be able to convince the UK government for an exception? They, they 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 they're asking already. They're they're in uh, discussion with them.
2: And they say here the intention is to run two races at the Red Bull Ring on July fifth and July twelfth, followed by if the agreement is confirmed, with the venue two further races at Silverstone. Um, so we're talking basically the entire month of July would be back to back races between Red Bull and Silverstone.
0: And they um, were talking about keeping all of the the entirety of the F1 panic like in a bubble, yeah. In a, in some sort of like yeah hermetically sealed bubble, Which like I no love. one gets in, no one gets out. A bit like Escape from New York, but with
1: Ross Brawn instead of. I hope it's just, just a big bubble, like like a really case? big, in, yeah, like a really big inflatable bubble. If you people do up.
2: get, if people do end up with like someone who falls by the wayside with with some COVID action, do they get to replace them, or do they just run with less people? <laughs>
0: Roman Let's people,
1: I guess. <laughs> No, they just don't take part. It's happened because so um, they, so they obviously want to get the uh Bundesliga up and running again and then one of the teams in the second tier of it uh had like three or four cases, so they just can't they just can't play their matches. And same yeah. bright bright in the training at the moment with the hope that um the Premier League's gonna start again and they've got their players of uh a few of their players got COVID. Um and so they just like they just don't take part. <laughs> it's like it doesn't no one yeah, it's mm. I think it's safe to assume there will be no sport ever again. Yeah, so,
0: I, I just don't. I, I, the, it just seems like, like unless they're going to start this bubble thing two weeks out, and have everyone like in mandatory isolation, like supervised isolation, like what happens when they've run their two races at Austria, and then someone in the paddock has symptoms? You're like, well. There goes your bubble. You
1: know, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, your,
2: bu- your bubble is now this pointless bubble now. Yeah, it's now the bubble of disease. It's now it's a, a, po- system, yeah, a poison
1: whatever. bubble. You, yeah. you, your so, dirty bubble. You're taking around the you. <laughs> uh, I, just, it's, like, I think uh, it, a lot of this talk is because I have to talk this talk and pretend, and, and, and uh, but it's just it's not going to happen. I would be no. shocked, uh disappointed a little bit, also excited because my race is coming back. But we yeah, I just don't... it's just. Just give up. I can't can't
2: see it happening. I I can't see it it happening Again, it's just another one of those things where it's just like they're they're talking the talk to stay relevant. Yeah, totally. And make it seem like they're doing everything that they can. Mm. And... The only sensible thing to do
1: is just to concede that there's going to be nothing until there's a vaccine, so...
2: But, like, I mean, NASCAR's holding strong with this idea that they're going to do... Yeah, well,
0: they going to Dover like next week or something yeah, it's two, something it's like still, that yeah, it is next
2: weekend with, isn't it? Yeah. With, no, with no spectators but I mean that was pretty much the case last year anyway so <laughs> savage burn <laughs>
1: yeah. what happens Ow. when motor racing starts do I have to start watching NASCAR then if that's the only motorsport that's on
2: nah you don't have to do that <laughs> do not, just not, just not that you really days. not that you really want to there's a lot of old races we could watch before you have to get to that level <laughs> <laughs> we've when we've already watched the
0: NASCAR race as far as this yeah, we have actually yeah, we've done our NASCAR bit, surely I've so set my, time. Um,
2: my my other bit of news is um, can you guess which one of our um popular Formula One superstars has been absent from eSports recently? Well, at all, ever.
0: Uh, well, Lewis, Lewis hasn't done any, yeah. has he? But he plays Call of so, Duty,
2: though. So, yeah, he's been doing Call of Duty, but that's, yeah. But, so, do you know um, what he's been doing other than Call of Duty, other than sim racing on in public? I do know
0: I, th- this. I think I know this one, but I'm not yeah. going to spoil it. I'm just going to spoil because. It, so. <laughs> so I think
2: wait, basically, Lewis, you're clearly listening to this podcast. Yeah. If you need help beating your times on <laughs> Gran Turismo, you can just like send the tweet at us or whatever, and and I'll give you some help because, according to him, he's not. This is in quotes on a Mercedes video interview. He did I'm not interested in much driving simulated racing. Yeah. But Gran Turismo and Sony just sent me this whole setup. Grew up playing Grand and i spending hours on the most to buy all these cars. It's a really great opportunity to do something with them. Blah, blah, blah. I've been working the last couple of years. I got to do this challenge, beat my time kind of thing. I've been it's, racing myself, trying to beat my own laps.
1: It's funny It's he says frustrating that, as hell, cramp- because
2: my laps are pretty decent, I think. And it's like, firstly, we could joke around about Lewis Hamilton beating himself <laughs> for a while. It's what everyone else is doing which, during lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, Lewis. Don't worry about it. We're not judging you. Um, we're not going to beat shame you. Um, but I just throw up this whole idea. Firstly, where grow up. Like, all right, you're a champion of Formula One. It doesn't. It doesn't do you any favors, I guess, to lose. As far as his ego is concerned, when you know, in a fixed setup, F1 game. I get that. He's already the best. He doesn't have anything to prove. And if he ends up being crap at F1 2020 or 2019... It doesn't matter because it's just
0: a video game.
2: Well, I don't think he sees it like that, does he? Like, he has not It's great for Lando Norris because he hasn't, like, proved his true potential in Formula One. Yeah, So, so Charles Leclerc he, has
1: proven that he's really good anyway in sports as well. So yeah, yeah,
2: and it, and he's just a really nice, nice boy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but Lewis <laughs> <you> <laughs> think
1: dressed up with, like, a piece of fruit and then just... Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: but I just feel like, you know... You know I, so, whatever. He doesn't want to compete, that sort of thing. But then on the other side of this, you've then got, like, Okay, he's driving for the most popular team in Formula One in terms of the, you know, how much marketing bang for their buck they get. So, yeah, you know, while some of the drivers that are competing in this esports stuff, they're doing their you know smaller teams a lot of favors by getting column inches and things like that. So, mm. there's that aspect of it. But I just feel like you know it would do the sport a lot of good if Lewis Hamilton decided you know, it's bigger than just him. He can be well, no, rubbish.
1: The boring reason he's not doing it is simply because and the reason he's talking about Gran Turismo is because I'm not sure if you know because he's got Gran Turismo written on the side of his cap and he's got a healthy uh, sponsorship so, deal mm-hmm. going with him. So why do you think he's
2: contractually obligated to not play a racing game other than Gran Turismo? Yeah,
1: no, it could be something of along those lines. I wouldn't be you surprised. Wouldn't surprise me, yeah. yeah, and and uh-huh. that's that's why a lot of them are reluctant to get in because they need to get the sponsors in place. It's like it's really boring, but like Tom Coronel was in Legends Race. And I don't remember he was in his DHL branded thing and everything. Everyone's got like sponsors, like racing yeah. sponsors. When they get their Petter
0: car in that Legends race is covered in Monster Energy well, sponsorship.
2: I'm disappointed that there wasn't a Lewis Lamelton that showed up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my other point here is that he's saying that um, you know, it, it basically he's been doing Gran Turismo and trying to beat his times, um, but. Do we
1: know if he did it? Himself? I don't think he did, we we did do those times. I suspect He, he didn't, did. did he? No. I think he did. It takes too much time. It ta- there's not you, you cannot afford to have Lewis the amount of time it I takes mean... him to dial in. Gran Turismo is nothing like driving a real car. There's not and like to get those times you'd have to be yeah, but, intimate with the Zim. But i I've,
0: I've also like having been in a bunch of esports stuff with a bunch of real racing drivers. In the same way that they're quick out of the box in real life, they're just quick out of the box in in Sims as well. Like yeah, so, so that might, I, there I, might I, be the case, stuff. but
2: I, I I think I think Sony or Polyfoi, well, whoever does Gran Turismo, um, probably have to spend quite a little, bit, quite a lot of time with any of those those kind of fixed time stuff to tune it just so it's right and to be that consistently challenging across all those tracks. Yeah, I just I just but can't it's not, imagine it's, not, is, it's
0: it's not that consistent insofar as some of them are easier to beat than others, right? They've also, also Dragon, like we
1: Dragon springs like or the, the fictional tracks. Like, Lewis Hamilton did not sit down and spend two hours learning this completely fictional track to get a good a good enough at it to present a challenge to. I don't, but that's the thing. Players. I don't.
0: I, I don't. A for a start, his times are beatable. Like I've seen YouTubers like Super GT. Well, well I mean. Times.
2: Oh no! Actually, I golded them. I didn't beat him. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. I've seen there
0: are, I've seen YouTubers beat his times, so it's not impossible. They're not like they're not the literal like um, absolute limit of that car's capability. Also, if you watch the ghosts, they are organic like times. They're like
2: yeah, no, it's just not get Lewis a bit Hamilton out
0: slightly like, on a on a curb or something like that. You know, like they're definitely like human times, and i I've, I've got enough faith. Call me naive, but I've got enough faith that the greatest racing driver on the planet um, currently could probably sit down and bang in like about two or three laps and pretty much know the best way around each of those courses. They're so adaptable. That's the thing about Formula One drivers is that they just rock up and then they immediately are like right up to the limit of what's possible and are then like just shaving tiny amounts off.
2: Um, I get that, but the, the, you know, would, that, would the person then that set those times say things like, I never drive simulators, very, very rarely. With simulators, it's very, very difficult because the movement is never perfect. It's something they constantly, constantly try to improve on. Blah, blah, If you're obviously at home with a simulator, the seat doesn't move and your mind's telling you the car's moving... You have to kind of override your mind. I don't really like doing that and going through that process. Then you get in the real thing and it's completely different. I don't find it personally any benefit doing the simulation thing, but the actual fun gaming side of things when you play with friends and people online, that's a, pl- that's a plus. Um, It doesn't sound like the sort of person who... I, I mean, I get it. The, the person did those times. I'm not debating that. Yeah. But I just don't... I, and, and I just your don't think well, Lewis like, is going to sit there at, at Sony and be like... And if he's thing. getting paid like a million pounds to do it. He but why will. Why would they have him? They, they've already got his name on it. Why bother having him do it?
1: Because it's sort of the point, isn't it? And also, it if, the you did it, if you did do it, you'd see recordings of it. And you wouldn't uh, All just right. think, have day day the the Liphony, to stick with a clear. You do have you the clip to him oh, I love this car. <laughs> Oh, that felt great. The oh, thing I love about Brown Satch is T three. What the fuck is T three at Brown Satch? <laughs> I love you, but what the f- is T three? These coins have names. Martin, Martin. He's talking about Donington. Martin, <laughs> let's let's
0: turn this around and just yeah. say, do you think Kaz would would let it not be
1: him? Yeah, of course he would. If
2: there's no other if there's no other way to Get through that whole marketing thing.
0: He's such it's a fanatic just, about like the purity of the experience, and you know, like the uh, and, and making it like about you know he's, he freaking calls like Lewis Hamilton the maestro. You can't have yeah, like, but oh, right, it can't, can't be that pure. About when life you
2: life. have like refrigerator-based car collision sounds that sound yeah, sounds exactly closing their fridge door. Mike, like, I'm sorry to burst your bubble here, but it's not Lewis
1: Hamilton that did that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I think it I is. I think if it was Lewis Hamilton, that would be so easy to beat.
1: By your principle, f fun drivers can rock up and anything. I want to see Lewis Hamilton rock up to Baby Park Mario Kart 8 and come, come, come and take me on. <laughs> you're that good. I, I do
2: think, I mean, I wouldn't be, I, I get what you're saying, Mike. Like, these guys are very good at, at yeah. adapting their skill set. But I just don't think Lewis Hamilton would be interested in spending what would be quite a lot of time to set. What time would he be setting? Like what benchmark is he aiming for, and how do I mean? What? I'm, when I'm saying they're consistent. They're not consistent in terms of like within like, yeah, you, know, you know, half a percent in terms of difficulty at each one. However, you're going to measure that. It's it's just the fact that like they're very very difficult in every single race. Like they've they've tracked. They've figured out like what's the what's the best potential lap time you could get on that car around that track. As long as they can they can get a ghost lap on there. That's within two percent of that, then that'll be the platinum. Five percent gold, eight percent bright like that sort of thing. Like and it's there's I, just no point having Lewis sit down there and just drill laps on to try to get that. If they could just be like, can we use your name? We're gonna film you a couple of times. Here's a big pile of money. I
0: like I totally understand that as a sort of cynical thing, but I also think that I, I think that this is the sort of thing that would matter Enough to Kaz that he he'd do it properly, and also, But well, if it matters,
1: like like, like like the refrigerator crashes and everything, should matter to him. The like day night cycle stuff should matter to him, and like there's the so many the other I'm things sure that it, should matter. Well, to Well, I'm him. sure the
0: day night stuff does. It's just that what they were capable of in the, when they were transitioning to PS4, and it wouldn't surprise me if day and night is back in the in the next Gran Turismo when it arrives on PS5. But what I was going to say was like you look at the Formula E thing, and like Lotterer never uses a sim. Like not interested. One of the older guys, um, and he won the first of those Formula E races. And like Frankiti was in the commentary going, I was not expecting him to to know what he was doing. But they're just quick. Like I've been in, I've now been in a test server with a bunch of actual Formula E drivers. And like Alex Sims, for example, um, it, he was Twitch streaming some of his stuff, and and people were asking him about the in the interviews and things like that. And they were like. So, um, you know, why are you so much slower than Max Günther? Um, around this. And he's like, Well, you know, I don't really I don't really get on with simulators that much and I'm always even in the factory, I'm like slower on the sim. But he was still quick.
1: Like he was still like not far off the pace. Yeah. Yeah, to back straight up to your point Alex Brundle has just got into um, sim racing as well and he was on he just tweeted so yeah. he was just trying to get out trying to get out of his rookie license um, like some of us still are. Um and uh, <laughs> and he was like two seconds faster than anyone in <laughs> in the um, in the practice sessions. He's just like he's just naturally quick, even though I'd never played the sim yeah. before. This is a, and so I think th- there is a
0: degree of that. And so should it not, um, by extension, be that the, the far literally one of the fastest drivers on the planet, if not the fastest driver on the planet, would probably be able to string together a pretty handy lap in any of these sims, like after not that much time and you know all right there might be some circuits he's not um been to before but that's the thing about formula One
2: drivers okay can, let, let's announce. let's put this in a, in some other in some other way right so how how much do you think it how much time do you think it would take for um a great driver like hamilton or whoever else to set their time, their best times on all of those tracks it's not going to be Five minutes on
1: each track, is it? It's a no. good hour. Or well, no, actually, track, so, right? actually, actually, so, no. You say that the definition of a good driver. I was reading. So I've been reading a lot about Moss, and uh, today, um, there's an amazing motorsport magazine tribute to him, uh, and just about general about good drivers as well. The best drivers can just go out and then within three or four laps, be on the, beyond near the ultimate base. Yeah, and that's what. Yeah, that's, in what, a, that's in what makes in a, a, a real driver car. Say, it wouldn't take him that in, long.
2: Yeah, but in a real Any car. car
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we yeah.
2: go. Yeah, I think it's a bit different when you do when your bum's not but
1: skidding along I the ground.
0: Don't, I don't know that. it... I mean, like,
1: cast going to there with his hands on his bum, giving him the feel. That's what, <laughs> yeah. what cast did. Him. Both, yeah, just <laughs> touching his is, buttocks, giving him the bum. How, how many hours slash
2: days is it going to take for Lewis to? How much of a, a working Two time? Two, a day? days. Two days. Two days. Two days. All right. How much does it cost? for Lewis Hamilton's time for two days if you're if you're buying his time hundreds of thousands if not like
0: a million how much should, yeah. how
2: much of Gran Turismo are going to be paying him
0: whatever well, they want like Kaz is on the board right like you can do what you want no I
2: don't no, I mean that. I never like I mean you still have to justify that exp- how much money did
1: that DLC really make Lewis did there? it just to get closer to me I think that's the only reason he, did. he just, realized <laughs> yeah. he's just this kid <laughs> has the, been trying to get in touch just, with him since we used to race together he's like he's, he writes about this is the only way to get to him it's like, Lewis mate just keep him also a call. Then they have
2: all this footage of him actually doing it the footage of him driving the cars he's got a camera on the other side of the wheel looking straight at him he's like oh I love this and then it shows his feet and he's wearing like some massive chonky ass shoes and you're like this is that he would they'd actually if he did it we'd have proof i know they have to stick by their like contractual obligations and like they're they 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 will always say he did those times and we'll never really know but i'm sorry mike you didn't f- do it <laughs> we'll have to we'll agree t- to disagree and we'll have to move on to our
0: actual the subject of this podcast. Alright, we should probably talk about this race that we uh, have all been watching because we, we'll yes. all have spent three and a half hours watching this entire thing. So
2: if you, did you guys take notes? Because well- I did. I feel like You I'm, always I'm... do this,
1: you're such a spot. I did <laughs> not take notes. I just watched it and enjoyed it. I'm not like Oh my god, Pete, you just shameless. <laughs> Alright, look, but when you, you watch did you write like... a script for this thing? I swear, because you're reading a script. you write your script your entire thing? <laughs> yeah it is i've planned it all
2: it's fine Even Pete needs to <laughs> take notes because otherwise he just gets confused about which race it is he's talking
1: about because he's watched eight different races though more important so, than the race though sorry go on pete
2: well i was just gonna say before we get into this i do want to um i know that they this probably would never get back to them but um you might have noticed there was a the pit lane reporter jack Arute. hmm so the Arute family owns Stafford Motor Speedway. Really? So I you know, I you know, don't know Jack Arute well, but I've talked to him a few times. Um, his, his whole family is uh, brilliant people. His son's race at the track too. Right. Like everyone, the whole Arute family is uh, are great. And it's so fun to see him like, because like all the way through all those old races, like Jack Arute's a major feature of the yep. pit lane reporting. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of fun to see the pe- the reason why like he's such a prominent figure to the point where like it, it's not that he owns a track in Connecticut, it's the fact that he he has that kind of legacy around him too. Yeah. It's it's just kinda of fun to see that and it's, so it's kinda of cool to see that. On, but, on the other hand, he's not as good as Dr. Jerry Punch. And Dr. Jerry Punch who, is amazing. <laughs> what? Is he a doctor of? We just, Punching. You
1: just don't know. <laughs> 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 The cherry punch sounds like a sex move, but I don't want to know any more details about it. So it's I, like a donkey I punch, did, but worse. Just
2: for, just for stats, I did look up some stuff, Okay, just so we have this for comparison purposes. Um, at that era of IndyCar weighs 680 kilos and has about 650 uh, bhp. Okay, um, F1 of the same era were 100 kilos lighter, which doesn't sound like that much. But when that's you think about lot, no percentage of the car, that's quite a lot. And I don't know if that 680 kilos in IndyCar was with with or without the driver. So it might be without the driver on top, and which in some cases is a lot. <laughs> um, they look. I mean, <laughs> those indie
0: cars look heavier than a Formula One car,
2: and they and they have to be to do the things they do and the accidents they have and be that structurally sound. Mm. Um, yeah, they do need to be heavier. And there's. Yeah, it would be crazy for them to be lighter because it's not a space race. There's, it's a spec series, etc. Mm-hmm. But yeah, f one's a 100 kilos lighter and normally about 100 to 150 more horsepower depending on which engine and which in what part of the year. So if you put those two things together, um, the performance difference between the two cars is about the same as F1 to a GP2 car. GP2 okay. cars, about the same weight, and about the same amount of horsepower as this IndyCar... Also made by Delara. Weird I don't oh, yeah. think there's any <laughs> shared parts bouncing around between those two, but a bit of money um, saving. I think there was also another chassis in two thousand and six too, but the was the one I, I might have been that era, I can't remember. I thought there was a Panther or something. That was um, two thousand I think The Panther. Was it before, the that? before that, yeah. yeah. So has it been single chassis for I think quite so. some time then, right? I remember the you remember the old IRL games. Yeah, were, yeah. Back uh, in those days, they had two chassis. There was a I think it was a Lola or, or Delara, and a and the Panther or a
1: G-Force or something like that. I can't remember. Wasn't there a team a called Panther <laughs> as well? Is that right? Uh, Sam one. Hornish, because I, I, all I know is because Sam Hornish drove the Panther. I'd like my my recollection. I didn't get into the 500 until you got me into it, Mike, and so my recollection of this era is just really vague. Even more so when it comes to kind of IRL uh, and champ car stuff because I decided towards champ car because that's all the guys I knew were and Sam Hornish Jr. was just like I always forget about Sam Hornish Jr. because he's just like yeah weird, me too um he's just such a weird kind of imposter from the IRL thing
0: I think that's I, I mean we're going to spoil the we're going to spoil the result anyway
2: wait but, but before before we go too much further I do want to just say that my point there is that you know it's a good comparison to make to other spec series because sure. IndyCar is the fastest race you're going to see across pretty much any motorsport but it's not necessarily down to the power of the car or the design of the car like inherently being quicker it's just the fact that they run so trimmed out aero wise that Mm -hmm. an F1 car with no aero on it to speak of just enough to stay on the ground would likely be It'd be exactly. able to do those speeds. Oh, so you're totally, like if you took yeah. if
1: you took all the wing off a sports two thousand car and put it around the five hundred, it would run in two two thirty laps. But
2: I think also the interesting thing too is that IndyCar have done a really good job of actually keeping the speeds down, right? Because when they resurfaced it back in like the eighties or something, I, mean, I think they resurfaced it since then. But it went from a quite a coarse surface to now what's quite a grippy uh, surface. Um, they the speeds jumped up. I think through the eighties it went from like a qualifying time of like around 200 to jumping up to like 220, 230, which is a huge step up in speed in a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's really stayed around that period. So um, at the same time, I'm not trying to dunk on IndyCar for having you know boat anchor cars. They're not saying that at all. It's the fact that they must be looking at it kind of like Le Mans does. They want a target lap time and they want to try and keep it there because otherwise, you know, you can't... You've still got a human body inside there that's got to yep. withstand... The deceleration so when they resurfaced it, the track did they keep is did they keep the ghost in the
1: um in the in the brick in
2: the actual yard of bricks? <laughs> he actually the ghost only appeared um after the they they because the, i think the bricks weren't originally that yarder bricks they got them from other places around the track and that i think that was what upset the ghosts okay. when, uh, he appeared You guys, I can, I can explain I mean the stats
1: as well and this is definitely the most bad introduction montage to any Indy 500 I've ever seen. It starts well, off with a ghost of Ray, like, who is he? Uh, Ray, Ray Haroon, who's the winner of the first Indy 500 in um, yeah. 1911. And it starts off with his ghost looking really smug. <laughs> and then he just, like, kind of just dissipates into the bricks. And then it's just so I have a the- haunting I have himself. a theory about this.
2: I have, I have a theory about this. So, when did the, um, the remastered Star Wars original trilogy come out? On like DVD, it had to be around that same sort of no, time. No, so that was oh, that's mid that's was,
1: that was, mid 90, that was 97,
2: and this is 2000s, yeah. Because all I'm saying that it just seems like it's really Force close to like to right, yeah. when they, yeah. <laughs> so maybe he was the Jedi, but, then, the but well like the all the drivers
0: who will... want to win, don't they? Then touch the. Borg won a trophy and become ghosts as well. Was
1: that how it was? No, they don't, they, they, they don't become ghosts. Alonso Jr. flashes back and is transposed to the podium when he won the podium. Oh, that was it? Yeah, the there's like and he haunts himself. himself yeah. Danica Patrick goes back to her eight-year-old self in the bedroom and is just f- weird and just smiles. Oh, and yeah, Like, yeah. Oh, my God, it's too oh, much. Oh, that was bad. But there's... there's um The other thing I, I
2: wanted to know, too, is that they changed the track configuration at one point. Remember I showed you the clip... Um, of was it like the 82 in the 500 where um danny sullivan does the spin and win yeah, yeah i'm yeah, sure yeah. people can find but back in those days there was there was actually a tr- proper apron so you could go down onto the apron mm. and it was over a car width wide there had no banking on it and it was mad that you're doing you know it, but even those days like you know, 190 miles an hour into the corner and you'd be like i'm just gonna send it onto the apron F- it. and ride like, it out he, yeah yeah it's just absolutely insane and after that that's when they push the grass all the way up basically to the banking i think to try and stop that a bit but um yes although i pretty i didn't know that before i always thought it was always that grass verge right up to the track um but i guess you've got to try and protect the drivers from themselves at some point haven't you? Um, <laughs> otherwise they use every bit of asphalt they can find
0: i um just we sort of mentioned this earlier and it, it pertains to the to the intro bit but um I really feel like of all the races we've watched so far, this is the one where it actually felt a bit like an event. It's something to do with the the sort of
2: pageantry
1: of the Indy 500 and watching well, that, that entire pre-show. They sing that Indiana
2: song at the beginning?
1: Well, that's because yeah. the thing I remember about when I went, and, I went to go and see the 500 in 2014, that was Jim Neighbours' last ever performance of uh, uh, in Sweet Home Indiana. And I That's that's what I love. Like, I love the race and yeah. itself, but... Oh, I love about the five hundred more than anything. It's like those moments of pageantry, which are amazing. It's the same with the um, with Le Mans. What's the song they play from two thousand? No, I was going to say from two thousand one shows how like how useless my knowledge of classical music is. But when the when the race starts at Le Mans and they play the, 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 the uh, Strauss of Planets, um, right? And it's such a it's it's such a like a goosebumps moment. And Indie five hundred has got that, but it lasts for an hour beforehand. Yeah. You've got Jim Neighbors. You've got. Colin Powell doing a speech or something you've got Lance Armstrong everyone in this race is cancelled you've got stained. Like, stained Stained <laughs> Stained who the fuck was Stained they were so live bad. performance from Stained yeah.
0: playing like the saddest <laughs> song that wasn't exactly like a get hype song it was like a no. miserable like ballad I, all
2: I was thinking was that they, they couldn't get Linkin Park for this I yeah guess,
0: well clearly but... not <laughs> Spar24 had Linkin Park they had a car yeah. with Linkin Park sponsorship oh yeah I remember that um but yeah, I, I just it felt like a, it felt more like race day to me than than any of the stuff we watched so far. Right, to, to can point we talk
2: I... a little bit about Alonzo Jr. and how we should all feel about his trials and tribulations? Because yeah, that did. Because yeah. I do feel like it's worth noting that, like, we have to all basically shame slut shame Danica for doing a photo shoot in a bikini. Um <laughs> yep. And meanwhile, America. <laughs> meanwhile. <laughs> Mate, we should all put us over at Alice and Julia getting pissed and beating up his wife. Is yeah. that what we have to do? That, that this... seemed to be the takeaway from the, from the <laughs> It's like, I couldn't believe it. It's like, why are you making Danica be like, this was before I got married and I was still have yeah, a boyfriend. And it's like, and, you know, it's like, I what, wouldn't do it what's... now and all this
0: stuff. It's like... Uh,
2: that made me feel, that made me feel really bad for her. Like, someone must have told her, like, can you imagine that conversation someone wants to have with her? Say, look, yeah, the... the P- the people that watch IndyCar, like, the optics of you doing the photo shoot, you know, you kind of, you need to make it seem like you're a bit more kind of like a, you know, down-to-earth, like, kind of... girl-next-door you know, type thing. Yeah, and, you yeah, know, and it's just like, oh, I can't, I couldn't believe it, that's really bad. Well, so I'd
0: forgotten that, like, I mean, obviously it makes sense, but, like, she's, like, 24. Like, can you imagine just being 24 and having
1: to deal with, like, the level of fame she sort of had overnight, um... She'd been set up for. She'd been on that path for a long time because I, I Danica Patrick, I remember from I uh, watched her. She did the Formula Ford Festival in. Uh, yeah, you will have seen her. We've been in the late nineties, and she was she was the next big thing then, and she was f- yeah. dreadful that race. She um, got black flags because <laughs> she took someone out coming out of coming out of, <laughs> of Druids. Um, nice. And I, just remember, I yeah, that was my last impression of her. So when all the hype started again around I guess 05 when she would led the uh, led the five hundreds. I was like, what? I don't understand the hype around her because I didn't. But then, yeah, but she, she had, she was great. She did have talent. Is there, is there a theme here, though, with Martin and female
2: racing car drivers? What do you think of Catherine
1: Lake? No, that's different, right? Because I used to race <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and I just, Why I just get, so you, I get bitter so because if there's, uh, they're like. Kath, like, like, I used to race against a lot of really good drivers, some of them were in the, so Dan Weldon's one of them in this race, obviously he's fantastic, there were two drivers I raced against who I thought I was as good as, and uh, I hope they never listen to this because they probably have like empirical proof that I was at least three seconds slower than both of <laughs> them, but Danny Watts and Catherine Legg were both people who were, like, I was on their level and I was like, and so I just get that resentment when I see them and their success and their careers thinking, oh that could have been me. You could have been in the Delta you, Wing at the daytime. Yeah, you really want hours. to drive the Delta Wing? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? That would have been the best. I do, I do, that would do, have been I the peak. I'd
2: have loved that. <laughs> um, I, I they couldn't make, I, I used they to couldn't make a, a lower half of a fire suit strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the
0: right shape, though, the Delta Wing, to conceal your face. <laughs> That's the reason <laughs> they, they made have that 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 it. You'd have to have another nose cone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um but i, I do think like, though it, it is I, I do want to say like i i have a hard time like i get i appreciate the fact that like Danica probably had ups and downs you know to get to the where she got in her career but i i find it impossible to really say whether or not i think she's a good driver or not because i mean in the few years she had in indycar she was I mean, that's quite a mixed field in terms of skill set. Mm. But she seemed pretty good. She led the she, 500 on she, her debut there. That's that's I yeah, was yeah, to know, surely.
0: She led shortly. the 500 yeah. on her debut and... Um, yeah, but she so did Marco the- Andretti.
2: Fair <laughs> point. <laughs> I mean...
1: So only, his dad, only because that his dad you... pushed him I love the the Marco Mario <laughs> th- Michael thing so yeah. lovely because they run together for the entire race like Marco and Michael and Andre both run together like in this race it's the first it, yeah it's the first time a father and son have ever raced together at the Indy 500s and the entire it wasn't the time first, no, Michael it wasn't the first time
0: because Mario and Michael had done it had
1: yeah done? and I think I haven't didn't, didn't the
2: um, the oh, so the commentary team said that right. I
1: think you're right actually yeah I think you're right um like Michael just shadowed, it was so sweet, he was just like just really protecting him. He shadowed him the entire race. They just ran together for the entire thing. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And Michael's always behind Marco looking out for him. It's so sweet. Until he yeah. mugs at the end hoping to win the race, but anyway <laughs> But I do I do
2: think though I mean so Danica went on to do NASCAR for a bunch of years and was you know, didn't really have too much success, but I mean that you're in a field of forty three drivers, there's yeah, the, also the she
0: being... won she won at Meteggi, right? Like she won an IndyCar yeah. race, which like fair play.
1: Yeah, she won uh, a race, yeah.
0: Just to to be able to, to run those speeds around those ovals.
1: And the and the
2: pressure on her too, I mean, you can't discount that too. I mean, she's basically representing her entire the, every gender. aspiring female. Yeah. Well the pressure, her her the, the, the,
1: the pressure on her is am the 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 pressure on her unbelievable in this race. This whole the most of the coverage is about her and it's about following her. When yeah. they interview her, so, she looks so unhappy
0: and unsteady. Um she just seems really, really nervous.
1: Did you not in the pre? I would be before I would be before I strapped myself into a car that's about to go two hundred thirty miles an hour. Would like yeah. two other yeah, cars be the same?
2: I honestly don't think I could. Yeah, I think if someone said you could probably you could try and qualify for the five hundred, I'd be like, I think I like my low my legs too much <laughs> to do that. Yeah, or or I'd, I'd I'd be driving around screaming to in in fear, going one hundred and five miles an hour. <laughs> I've <laughs> I've done I've
0: done, a, I've done a bank turn in a race car um at Rockingham and it is terrifying. Like it is you've obviously got more grip
1: than if it was a flat turn, but it still just feels wrong, basically. There was a kart track, there's an indoor kart track in um South London somewhere that shut down about twenty years ago that they had a bank turn. That's my experience of it. It's very difficult. I mean
2: if anyone's to talk about bank turns, it should be me. Yeah. It's so true. no, no, you've got no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> They're rubbish. All right. So, um, but yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, my, my closing argument on Danica is I still, I feel, I feel bad for her, the num- number of levels. And I still don't, I don't want to say she's better than I think she is. Cause I don't want to, I don't know. And I don't think she's bad. I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I, I, I wish she had more success. Oh yeah, totally. Insane. Yeah,
1: yeah. She, uh, she, had, she had, um, t- t- yeah, she had so much pressure because I think on her.
2: she, I think she deserved it for for yeah. doing what she was trying to do. Well, um, what I will and I think say at the
1: same time, a big shout out goes
2: to like some of the incredible female race car drivers that don't get enough press, like Christina Nielsen. Who's yeah. like, you know, uh, you know, not even an argument in, in there. Like, she's a phenomenal GT driver. Like, she's mm. got multiple. IMSA championships under her belt I always thought uh, like, Di Silvestro
0: was really really good like yeah she's a, yeah she was amazing loser, yeah. never really got the brakes but um, I mean the brakes as in the career brakes not as in she never really understood how to break a car like, yeah you know, I
2: feel like that's a fundamental that they should yeah, she was quite good at that, yeah I think she knew how um, to brake like, d-
0: yeah Simone Di Silvestro was, was amazing um, but yeah I think Danica what I will say about Danica Patrick is that I think she was in the right place in oval racing. She never really uh performed particularly well on like uh road courses or street circuits. Mm-hmm. So like I think oval racing was her thing, but she was good at it. You know like you don't I think you don't... she should
2: have stayed in IndyCar. I think moving to NASCAR was you yeah, know I mean that was really kind of like out of the frying pan into the fire a lot top, of people of Sam
1: Fornish Jr. made the same mistake. he went, after, he went to, in NASCAR after this and then never got higher than like 26 bucks oh yeah the shocking
0: time didn't he uh, yeah.
1: but,
0: but for Danica Patrick like presumably it's just if you're able to if you're enough of a, a, a sort of personality and a face that you can command big sponsorship deals the sponsorship dollars are always going to be bigger in NASCAR because the audience is bigger yeah. So, like, yeah, sense, I yeah. don't think she went there because she wanted to drive, like, two-ton NASCARs around with no aero. I think she did it because that's where the money was there to be made. And, and like you say, probably if she stayed in IndyCar, she probably would have continued to have really, really good results. Um, yeah. And
2: might have won a few more. But um, And I think it, it would have, like, selfishly, being more of a sports car fan than I am a NASCAR fan, I'd like to have... I think. Like there's more crossover to IMSA and therefore other sports car and Le Mans stuff in IndyCar than there is in NASCAR. So like I I would have liked to have seen her compete in things like the Daytona 24 and things like that. Like, Because I like seeing, I think characters I, I like seeing in motorsport, I like to see popping up in other places. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's why I kind of, I do like the fact that you get like, you know, Guys like the Scott Dixons and the Alexander Rossies and people like that, like jumping over to IMSA, and and I think she it would have been interesting to see how she would have performed in some some other types of yeah um, like I said other I, than just I don't, NASCAR.
0: I don't think she ever really like showed that well at, at road courses and street courses like St Petersburg. She was never that great round there. Sonoma, yeah. I don't think she did that well at. So I don't know if she would have suited IMSA, um, but yeah, I think she was a great driver, um, and I. Yeah. I I would have been interested to see what she could have achieved if she stuck around at Indy, but it was it was also that the point where she left was also the point where Indy started transitioning more to road courses anyway. Yeah,
2: so. yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, okay. If if we're talking about people that we don't know or whether they're that good or not, can we switch to someone who we do know is very good, who is not in this race, but his son was Ari Lyonite. Oh yeah. Who. I didn't realise until looking up on a lot of this stuff and watching a few more races, but Harry Lyndall was absolute legend. Yeah, he was. I knew the next
1: the first 500 yeah. I remember like watching and having a kind of knowledge of was the um, when he went in a Domino's Pizza car was that 93 or 92, 93? That beautiful, yeah, uh, it would have been around, it would that, have been yeah. around that era because that would have been the Mantle era, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: But I mean, he like I, I've seen a few races with him in it, and, it, and it's yeah. You know, it's like a duck to water. When you would have thought, like his step up into motorsport would not have been on ovals and things like that, right? It would have been quite a difficult transition to ovals, and then be that. I would, I'm, I'm not going to say dominant, but like an ever, like ever present in his career at the front of Indy five hundred is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, he was. So, he's a he's like really like beloved within kind of indie car circles, um, and I, I I think it's. Just watching the driver parade and, and things, obviously it's a very like US centric and, and kind of to a degree South American centric, like Brazilian centric grid. Yeah. But um it's cool knowing that like Weldon was there representing I guess
1: England but Britain and he yeah, had the full, like, yeah, representing... full mid Atlantic accent by that point, though. Oh his like, like, accent is exactly all there? over the shop,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like Frankiti's over there as well and, and like but it, it's it's almost do you not think it's almost weird that at the time there were very few uh, like European drivers in on the grid at all, really? Um,
2: what, you mean
1: in this 2006
2: yeah, race? Yeah, in the
0: 06 race. like It's not that long ago. Um,
1: but I guess IndyCar it, well, just it, it, feel, it, feel, it was still part of the IRL era where it was...
2: I don't know if it re- re-merged together because Car basically disappeared.
0: They hadn't. They hadn't merged at that point. I think it was like no. a year or so after that. Um, but yeah, because the IRL was when um, you'll know when um, you'll know when the merger happened because Bourdais will be in the race because Bourdais yeah, was yeah, like yeah. absolutely bossing oh, in, okay. uh, in Champ Car, and then like Bourdais transitioned back. I think. Although when when yeah, Baudet had a st- yeah, yeah, Bordet Bordet had, st- yeah, had stint in F one though
2: between the- when the transition happened yeah you- I-, I mean but I do I do have to say that I think it, at that point was I was the Indy five hundred still coming back from the fallout from the split in the first place where it was basically like they made a conscious decision to try to make it more difficult for foreign drivers to get into the Indy five hundred which I think is just still yeah uh, a, such a wacky decision when you've got such a high profile race and you're gonna be like. Oh, no, yeah. I like
1: that. I like the fact. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have PJHS on racing. But that's his one, That's his <laughs> only. True. ever I He's because I wondered who who is this guy. I looked him up. But he's the only over five hundred. He, he crashes out right in the start. He's like some dot com billionaire. He's an absolute unit in the best possible way. Though he's yeah, a he chunky boy. Yeah. But
2: that's not that's not that weird for indie. Fi- that's one of the things that I, struck me in watching a few more of it, especially the older ones. Like there's there's like family like. Dynasties mm. of people that just they must have like you know, fairly lucrative family businesses, but all they tried to do during like the 70s, 80s, 90s was put one of their family members in a car at Indy. And there's no, I mean, some of them have like, there's like the there's a few, I mean, other than the Andretti's, there's I can't remember one of them, but one of the you others know, is like the Bettenhausen's or something like that, mm. a very famous Indy family, and they've all got horrific injuries as a result of like. Racing in general, just having a crashing <laughs> uh, indie, and it's and they've done like 15 entries over the years. Like, I think the Bettenhausen family probably has done about 30 entries in total across like the father and the two sons. And it, I think it's because like part of that pageantry is, is kind of like the Olympics, isn't it? It's like you don't have to be a qualified entry mm. in terms of like s- like tenured skill set to get in. If you bought bought yourself a car and you qualified on on bump day, yeah, on then you're in the alone. you're in the show, yeah. And it's it doesn't matter if you race in Formula One or some other or like the Formula Atlantic series or anywhere else or nowhere. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you're still in the race. Yeah, you can be just you as can eligible Fernando as Alonso and
0: not qualify.
2: <laughs> and and yeah. I, like yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, but the thing is, it does show that like, should that be allowed? Like, yeah. would you? I mean, I mean. It's brilliant and it's amazing. They complain about as well
1: because I think it's something that I forget when because they come up with a lot of traffic and they're saying we're lapping the same people every four laps. There's a lot of people who shouldn't and there's like there's a big speed disparity as well. Like I think, but like there's like a four mile an hour like spread between the top ten or something, which to me seems crazy. Um, and I, I, even even more when you go to the back of the field, and do you, like you need those no chance. You need, you need those. Amateurs. No, no it's, they're, I know. That's a, that's where the heart of the sport is. PJ Chesson and is that's what the Indy 500 is
2: <laughs> about. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's, it's, it's that Olympic approach I'm count- to it, I'm isn't it? I'm
0: counting down the minutes until Martin mentions the Formula Ford Festival and how the Indy 500 is basically just the Formula Ford Festival, but it on an oval.
1: I wasn't going to say that, but... Well, also, uh, the uh, brands actually... Wait, what track the, is the Formula, Formula Ford, Ford Festival, Festival takes place on the Indy circuit. It's the original Indy. The Indy 500 metres. <laughs> Um, <laughs> are, you, are
2: you saying the race that's been going on for like 115 years is named? It, it takes its name from Brands Hatch yeah. Indy Configuration? <laughs> pretty, pretty. It's been around for pretty like certain. 50 years. <laughs> I've got
1: a break at Brands Hatch as well, anyway. So it's a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> so really, been the test. Well, no, trip, actually, so.
2: no. I, I, I would. I mean, didn't the commentators do, did say that Turn One is the most difficult corner in motorsport what, someone, yeah, I think I love that when they, did, saying, when they said that was it was on this.
1: board sorry
2: yeah it was Scott Goodyear, he said it a couple of times he said that it's the most challenging track in the world and turn one lap one Indy 500 is the most difficult corner in motorsport in that
1: context that's fine because when you've got 32 other cars doing that speed I think it probably is one of the hardest corners they're not even
2: going that fast yeah. then Martin I, I don't think turn one's actually that difficult and at the Nurburgring 24 it... hours there's
0: 150 <laughs> cars going into turn one
2: so, <laughs> i mean i I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's easy i wouldn't do it no. it's terrifying sure. it's terrifying even to watch it but i do think um yeah maybe a a, a touch of uh humbleness would maybe go
0: a little a little way one of the things i loved about uh this coverage was they had rusty wallace who's like a nascar guy yeah. to commentate and he was like i'm so excited i've never been so excited it's amazing this is brilliant and then he gets so excited that he calls it the Daytona 500 in the closing laps. And it has to Did he it. really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't
1: notice. Right that. at the end, the last two or three laps and it's in the climax point. It's like, just like, this is the best Daytona 500 I've seen. It's like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um,
2: they have to come and pour a bucket of water. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but what, what I will say about this race in general is that like it had so many good stories coming into it. So obviously, like you
2: know. I listed them, I've got them here. Okay, go so, so firstly, so Thomas Schechter, when he crashed, right? So he managed to nail the start of the pit wall, which I guess is like becoming the sort of thing, like the Montreal Wall of Champions. If you can, if you can peg the attenuation. At Thomas
1: Schechter didn't ball, crash. You know he just made he, it. he saw a lady at night. He quite liked the look of on the on the on the, on the, on the, on the apron. <laughs> I mean, he just yeah. made a beeline for her and end up just crashing to pit wall. <laughs> the dirty birdie.
0: Um, you're gonna but have then, to clarify, Martin, because you told us about this. Like we were talking about Thomas Schechter, and you were like. Is that before or after he got arrested for curb crawling? And we're like, "What are you talking
1: about?" Because he was like, he was like the, like the up and coming star. He had a Jaguar drive lined up with Jaguar Fun Drive, which would have turned into the F One uh, Red Bull F One Drive. So Thomas Schechter could have been like six times F One World Champion, or whatever. But um, but then he was <laughs> he could have been the really ha- he could
2: that. have had a Gran Turismo DLC.
1: Yeah, exactly. But he was too busy curb crawling around Nottingham. And like, if you a curb crawl anywhere <laughs> as well. Like, surely there's a better place to do it. Anyway. Um, yeah, and so he got he got dumped by Jaguar in record time, and had to go to IndyCar, where that's that kind of thing is fine.
2: Yeah. as so long as you did well. Yeah, I mean, even then, if you can even beat up your wife and come back to it, as long as uh, you apologise on camera, yeah, give it a couple of years. I don't he apologise? Yeah. Actually, yeah. No, he's actually more like people should apologise to me because I went through such a rough time. It's more
0: like the broadcast team <laughs> did the apologising for him. It was really weird. Yeah, really weird. If
2: anything, he was just smiling, saying that like, yeah, you. Yeah, uh, what was it? Wine, music? Wine, Wine women, and, women and music? Yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah, something like that. And it's like, oh, great. So I guess that's code for just, you know, wife whatever. And get your but, yeah. but uh, so I do want to say, after that accident, what was Jacques Lazier doing? Going full chat through a, through a debris field. Like, this is well after the accident happened. And he's had a wave around. And he's just... Driving down the middle of the track at the biggest piece of debris you can find, which is kind of what you were talking about before with the spectator yeah. that gets clattered with a bit of debris. But it's like, I if I was race director, I'd have been like, no, you're not going back out after that, you moron. Like you're parked yeah. for the day. Um, it was like it was a, a bad, it,
0: it's a bad race for wave rounds because the guy in the ethanol car, the Paul Paul Dana uh, car? Jeff Simmons, I yeah, think Simmons his name was show. it. He binned
2: it when he was being waved round <laughs> as well. And, and then was also blamed for taking out Alonso Jr., which we never saw, but I guess a bit of debris from his car prior
1: to his actual... The there's, there's, like um, there's like a proper wrestling move. The, the move Castro Nevers does on... Who is it? Is it Bill, uh, Buddy Rice? Buddy Rice, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's not even an overtake. It's like a full-on wrestling a move. move. <laughs> he just... He, he <laughs> him into the wall. There's nothing... It's like <laughs> your aggression. It's like... Rah! Well, you know he why. Bang, like you head know head what? Head what <laughs>
2: there's a backstory here mine oh really so this is coming into like turn four isn't it yeah so the so this came out a couple of years later so i guess helio was was part was you know, he's lining him up and he's thinking he's got a game plan that he's going to be nice and patient for this race and as he's turning in and he sees there's a speed differential but he hasn't really acknowledged it yet he goes F- my taxes will last month <laughs> That's what happened. He forgets where he is. Because tax time is like April 20th in the States. So fast forward a month. Helio's just realised. He's just realised he missed tax day
0: and forgets where he is. That's Go, the most amazing the explanation. Bunny Rice. Can't I can't believe you didn't read that.
2: I didn't was... see that. I didn't see that trivia brilliant entry, it came fast. out in like, the uh when he did the strictly come dancing stuff yeah that was he explained <laughs> all that yeah but yeah unfortunate but yeah so yeah uh, and i think one of the things i did want to notice too was um i think it was before that in the race but danica we won't refer to as patrick right because that's the rules we had a drinking danica, game when we originally right. watched this where you had to drink every time they referred to Danica
0: Patrick just by her first name, which was yeah, constantly. alongside
2: Weldon, Knaan, Castro Nevis, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and Danica, obviously Danica, yeah, first name times. Yeah. But um, so you know, it's when they said that she lost some pace because she was out of fuel, yeah, and yeah. and she, I don't think she actually was, but they were like, "Oh, you see her moving around." The wicked the car to get, to get some fuel into so, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? World we're living in now, where that actually is a thing that doesn't. I don't get this. People keep people are talking about this all the time. Like you can't even in a car a road car, you don't you don't drive side by like, wiggle the car to get fuel into the pickup. It's not an empty drum of fuel that uses a fuel tank. It's fucking stupid. I wish people would stop talking about it. Like they they have like you know that in like a road car they have like a little compartment where your fuel pickup is right. Like, yeah. So the lowest part and it has a little like flapper valve in it so like fuel can go in but it can't come out yep for that whole purpose where you pick up all the fuel in the tank and like I, I think even cars certainly race cars you wedge few, uh, foam into them so like you, the whole point is that like can you imagine what would happen if you go into a corner and it, like in an F1 car and you've got like 100 kilos G-force. of fuel in yeah. it <laughs> and then you turn the other way and then the car just f- spins out of control because of the fuel slosh idiots <laughs> <laughs> So I'm over it now.
1: <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, my dad's my, my, the problem is my dad's Lotus at least does that though. Because if you drive if you drive up a hill, you have like less fuel, and if you drive downhill, you've got more fuel. And so I always thought it's just because the fuel indicator is like in a certain slush. But I guess that's oh yeah.
2: So the the, the gauge yeah. that's a different story because that is a float and that will be a certain part of the thing. There'll be a little ball on an arm. And as it goes up and down, as it
1: sits on the surface. So if you... If but it's that, hyper. Like on, if, the, on the, on the lowest lease, like, you, you'll be going and you've got, like... You'll have, like, eight litres worth of fuel left. And then all of a sudden, you'll, like, go down the hill. And next thing you know, you've got, like, 20 litres. It's like, where did <laughs> I get this extra 12 litres of fuel from? Well, <laughs> yeah. Just
0: take an average. Just take a... This is... That sounds luxurious compared to my genetta, where the fuel gauge just is slammed to zero, regardless of whether it's full or not. So... <laughs> You, you, I don't know what you're. But that's with.
2: because in a Genetta you got a cheese bit. Do you want the fuel gauge to work, or do you want an ignition system? Yeah. Or do you want your car not to burst
1: into flames <laughs> in the next five minutes? <laughs> yeah. It's your choice.
2: Yeah. Actually, if you tell the car it has fuel, it will set itself on fire. <laughs> so you just tell the just, car. It's, it's, just, it's safer it's to run got with
1: no fuel on Genetta. That's right.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love I love my Genetta G40, but the fuel gauge and its complete lack of function is phenomenally frustrating particularly if like an idiot um you drive the car to all your races because you've got no idea whether you've got enough fuel you've just got to no there's actually a very
2: easy way to figure out if you have fuel or not mike you just put fuel in it and figure out how much fuel you've used when you've driven 50 miles
0: how am i supposed to how am i supposed to
2: figure it out just wiggle it around
1: oh my god
2: how how do you not figure it out if you drive let's say you fill your fuel tank up with like i don't know uh so 15 litres, right? Yeah. And then drive... Well, top it off. Doesn't matter, right? And then drive for 50 miles and then see how many miles... How, that how would much, involve how me f-
0: counting at the pump or something. I'm not counting at the pump. I should have a gauge that but then, tells do you me. Have a,
2: do you have a trip meter? No. Well, yes, but I never used <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you do. So you just end up figuring out how many miles you could do on a tank and you'd be like, okay, well, maybe... Yeah, when I get to like 75% of that, maybe stop. Yeah, but I I know vaguely. I know
0: vaguely I can do like 200 miles, maybe 250 at a push on a tank. But I'm not going to risk it, am I? So So do you just stop at every single petrol station? No, I'm like filling up every 150 miles or so.
2: Oh, there you go. See, that's pretty much what I do with the Land Rover and the MG because none of them have working dials. Right, well,
0: quite, yeah. But it's a pain in the arse. I'd rather just know how much fuel I have. On a gauge on the dashboard, that's a luxury. It's, it's, that's a luxury.
2: Yeah, exactly. This no, but luxury is one that says you've got twenty liters more when you go down a hill, Martin. That's a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's actually just a, it's saying, look, if you're if you're going to be on this hill for a long time, you do have twenty twenty miles worth more. Yeah, because you'll be like using
0: gravity to help you. Gravity assist. Yeah.
2: So we need to talk about actually. Well, talk about refueling. Hornish, Sam Hornish leaving the pits. With his this entire pit crew
1: still last attached. 500, the last two 500s I've watched, it seems it's, it's, it's the way to win a 500 is to just rip out the refuelling rig Ooh. at some point. And, <laughs> yeah. then, and then all of a sudden, you're like, yeah,
2: jobs are good. Em. It's actually a trick. If you can do it so you can pull away with the entire fuel line from the tank still attached, that's fuel, right? You've yeah. got more fuel on board then. <laughs> <laughs> but, just peeing, but actually, the it was... I love the fact that um, Roger Penske was trying to argue that they shouldn't be given a penalty because he didn't entirely leave no, the pit like halfway in. It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the fuel you set the rig definitely entirely left the rig. Yeah. The pipe left the rig,
1: and also your 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 fuel man's uh, like hip left its left left the socket. So that's enough. <laughs> like surely the that's enough. That
0: this was like masterful pit strategy rather than just like a cluster f- that happened to turn out okay um, was was amazing. I will say, I'm going to say yeah. this about the. So, Hornish obviously won the, won the race, having served a drive through. Wow, spoiler yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's so funny, this, this race, like, and I remember it from the time. It's like, it, we went into this race with so many stories. It's like Michael Andretti coming out of retirement to race, Alan Sir Jr. is coming out of retirement to race, Danny Patrick has the, a shot of winning. Being a female. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, is Dan Weldon going to uh, do back-to-back wins? Um, and out of all these stories, it was the person with no story whatsoever, Sam yeah. Hornish Jr., who actually won the race.
2: It was like the one person that didn't actually matter to any of the storylines they predicted. Yeah. Getting the win was was kind of ironic. Like, and like, I mean, Catherine Emerson's Crash with Buddy who was like such a, uh, as a, the whole thing, he's already got two wins at that point mm. and it's just like such a non-event that he's suddenly out of the race. And yeah, like, no, I don't really care. I thought Weldon was, yeah, he was like nowhere at the end, which was a bit of a shame. Yeah, it was bonkers
0: that he was like, he was literally like leaving the pack for dead at the beginning of the race. And I don't know whether they just set their car up Wrong, like for the wrong part
2: of the race or whatever. But they didn't. They 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 didn't set fires to their pit crew yeah. at any point. Yeah, that's so. a problem. How did, they... How
0: did it go so wrong for Target Chip Ganassi and so right for Penske?
2: I have to ask. Um, did you think that the penalty Dixon got for blocking
1: Kanani was legitimate? I didn't get that. I didn't get. I didn't see it at all. I didn't see what it looked, the... like, it looked like one move to me. Mm. Yeah, I, exactly. I, and then also he left him space on the inside as well. It didn't see. It didn't. It didn't make any sense to me. So then, my so, I'm, I, and then
2: the other thing too is that if you're Marco Andretti, and you're leading on the last lap, yeah. and you know that there's blocking rules and things like that, but
1: like he blocked, you've got such a
2: good, he blocked him real good, no, right? No, he didn't. He drove down the middle of the track.
1: Yeah, he did. F- up, he should defend it. Not,
2: I mean,
0: but not, not right at the end, but. A couple of, like a couple of laps before the end.
2: Yeah, he, oh, when Hornish went for like he d- dove down yeah, and, and almost and did like a, heli- a Helio yeah. move on him, and like he, and, and then yeah. Jesse dropped down. But, and he had to properly get out of the gas. But I just feel like, I mean, your grandfather's got a win. I did. Michael Andretti hasn't got a win,
1: right? No, you know? no, no. So there's a curse. There's
2: a the curse of the Andretti's uh, in the Just, f- just. F- look, they, are they gonna take a win away from him if he goes over the line like skidding along with no wheels left after like blocking Hornish to like what, No. He's
0: what's mad about this victory though is that like so Hornish drops back after the initial blocking move. Um and like ends up several car lengths back. And going into the final lap, he's that far back in turns one and two. He's that far back during the entire back straight, and then in Three and four. I don't know if like Marco. Even in even or... in
1: three, even in three, he looks like he's just too far behind. Yeah, like I the mean, speed yes. comes from like, nowhere. Even, even if, I think, I he's think it's because it's, it's actually if you look at it,
2: I, I think that Marco's block on him that causes Hornish to get out of it actually may let Hornish win that race because I I honestly think if you look at his distance behind Marco down the back stretch. He's right at the end of where you'd imagine that slipstream to be. Mm. And he can just go full chat around three and four. And he's got just... It, there's no lift anywhere. And as soon as he's coming on... So he's the, not got like the, turbulent the, the air stretch, to
0: worry about. He's just like... Yeah,
2: he's just got so much momentum. He just pulls out and he... Because normally when you see those close finishes, like to pull out and overtake someone and get a whole car length basically ahead. Yeah. Like he could... Because it's like... I mean, not a whole car length, but like his... There's a gap between his car and marco's, like he so he clears him completely yeah, yeah. by the start finish line, so his speed differential must have been enormous, and I think if he would have just been tucked up behind marco, i don't think he would have been able to get that sort of momentum, yeah, so I think the, actually the having to back yeah. out that much caused him to win that race, which I think is kind of ironic but it's um, an astonishing thing. I pitch.
0: think it, it's so so good, and it's like it's so, and it's you know that like, Mario's is mean, heartbroken.
1: The because so, I was watching it, and I was so desperate for Marco to win. I don't, I don't care what you think about Marco Andretti because I love the Andretti's. I and mean, then even then, I was like, I knew what happened at the end. I'd seen the thumbnail, um, and and I was like, <laughs> just it's like, I just this, it cannot be true. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. Surely, like I must have misremembered, and Marco Andretti actually won a five hundred. It's
2: just, it, and, and the thing is to know the events after that, and to think like, I mean, oh, I, I don't, I haven't, I don't know every single <laughs> indie race Marco's been in since then, but I think no one would argue with me when I say that like that was probably his best performance. Yeah, in 2014
1: 20. when I was, he was he was running at the front for the majority of the 2014 race, and everyone was. Oh no, he's, he's a
2: great yeah. Indy 500 driver, mm. like that's for sure. Like he definitely has an edge at Indy 500, Indy, Indy 500 races, but like I just don't think, like. At that point, his potential was enormous. Like, as far as, like, an Animal Crossing turnip prediction, (laughs) like, he would have been a 600-barrel week. (laughs) But, like... in terms that Martin understands. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I... But I just don't think... You know, it's sad because he's shown, especially on ovals, like, elements of really, like... A brilliant driving but it seems to be at the front end of his career rather than mm. the latter end and I don't think he would still have a drive if it wasn't for the fact that he's driving for his family yeah. like, I, it's harsh to say that but like yeah his you name know,
1: his name's like, Shobu as well his name sells tickets name sells tickets so I, I feel like um, I feel like yeah when it in those early years
0: he, he seemed like he could go all the way do you know what I mean? And, and that was... I think
2: he's he's he struggles under the weight of his family, actually, to be honest. Right? He seemed pretty I chill.
1: Know. I was really, surprised, I was really pl- like, pleasantly surprised by how chill he was about it afterwards, though. But I guess he thought the world was coming to him at that point. Um, it's but yeah, a weird like, interview, he,
0: though. He, he starts off chill, and then, like, you can see he's... As he, it's sort of sinking in as they interview him. And then he starts to get a bit sort of, like, grumpy. It's a really weird interview, that one.
1: I'd like, be fine. If that was me, I'd be just... At the start, he's just, like, just I'm just amazingly...
0: Is. yeah. At the start, he's like, "I'm just amazingly proud to have, you know, got, you know, been in second in my rookie year, blah blah blah." And then he's like, he starts talking about he doesn't know where the speed came from for Hornish, and that's when he starts to be like,
1: "Oh man, this sucks," you know. Yeah, and when you realise you could have blocked him, that's like that's when like, you realise. Well, that's sure, the that thing. this like, like
2: mm-hmm. I mean, what? I mean, this. You you've done 200 laps. You're leading on the start line. Like, at least. Give it a shot of yes. like give, getting the guy to back out of it. Like, what have you got? That's the thing is that like,
1: like he did. And Marco in that last stretch is, is like he's racing like he's got another hundred laps to go. And there's no yeah. there's no the, you, you, aggression is allowed. And the last mm. yeah lap, last straightaway like even if you look at
2: like if you look at them coming off of turn four, there's about three feet between Marco's car and the wall, and Hornish comes round. Full chat, and he's like, "I don't he's like fully prepared to wipe the lettering off his tires coming off the corner." The differential and it's
1: like, between them was crazy, though, like, because the speed at which Hornish Show takes Andretti is nuts. Yeah, I know. It, it's just it. Just blows it's almost my mind if he like, like, skipped a shift or something, because that's not just draft. Anyway, it's just it's a it's sad. I, think, but, um, I mean, t- it,
2: and the funny thing is watching some more like Andretti races where like Mario was racing and things like that, like it is it does seem like a curse for that family, yeah, like, it totally it's yeah. uh, there were like there are times where like he's clear away, like laps ahead of the next people and his engine will just give up,
0: yeah, like
2: with if with like ten laps left, and you're just like, oh my God, and then you got like the Danny Sullivan spin and win thing where he's like really <laughs> I'm gonna get overtaken by a guy who like loses control in front of me and somehow doesn't wreck when everyone else is wrecking, <laughs> yeah, that's because he's hot, as f-
1: that's fine, that's yeah, about. Danny Sullivan's
0: a dream boat, that's why. Absolute um, legend. <laughs> you know, uh, Michael Andretti came back for the following year and did mm-hmm. like way worse. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure he was in the 2007 race as well, and uh, hmm. and had a shocker. I think. In fact, I'll look it up. But I have
2: to, I have to say, I um, it, I after doing you know, watching a few more races of Indy five, Vib- Indy ones that have like passed me by over the years, it has not dulled my um enthusiasm for this race. I do think it's... it's so good. Um, it I, think, good. I, I
1: genuinely think, I know you'd disagree with Mike and you would say um, the N24s up there as well, but I, the five, the Indy 500 and the Le Mans 24 are the two greatest races in the world. And I've flip, I flip, they both offer different things, but um, I think I think they were the two greatest sporting spectacles in the world. They're just phenomenal. And I love the 500s. I love it so much.
0: I, I mean, yeah. I recognise that my love of the Nürburgring 24 hours is is precisely because it's not a kind of global event. It's because it's a weird... Slightly clubby, slightly sort of. You, you well, massive thought, like, I, hips, yeah. you? I, say, I put my
1: love <laughs> the Formula Ford Festival to one side to say that. Like, so and the Sports yeah, Two Thousand uh, uh, Winter it Series. Gets,
0: it goes back to what I was saying: is is that I I sort of, um, I I really felt like watching this again, even though it was a race I'd seen before. Um, just watching the whole broadcast, it felt like a real event. Um, yeah. Uh, in a way that the stuff we've watched so far, even the. Great Grand Prix that you know, sort of legendary, um, just didn't feel quite the
1: same as that. That sort well, of. But that's the 500 to show. It's an incredible yeah. show, and they put on one hell of a show. And that includes the race itself. It's not just a pageantry round it. The racing is always fantastic. Yeah. I, 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 d- love it. I love it. So much.
2: I, I always find that like is I, I I agree with you, Martin. There's two races in the year where at the end of the race you have a, you're a bit bummed out because you got to wait another year yeah. to see it again. Mm. And and that's the Indy Five Hundred and Le Mans Twenty Four Hours. Yeah, there's, there's, I don't think there's any other races where like because Monaco, that's great. <laughs> where Xavier, <you're> like <laughs> that was that was a piece of shit. <laughs> Can't wait for the next Formula One race. Actually, to be honest, you finish Monaco 1P and like I've only got to wait a couple of hours and I can watch the Indy Five Hundred. Yeah, it's true. Like it's, <laughs> like and and Le Mans is the same sort of thing. It's like such a storyline that's yeah. such a thing that you've collectively experienced with a lot of other people that you're like, oh, it sucks that yeah. You know, you've got to wait so long for it to happen again and yeah i don't think i don't
1: feel that that way about any f1 race and i'm an f1 diehard. like f1's Mm. my like f1's what i've been watching since 1988 or whatever um but i just don't feel that way there's not that that's, that's
0: that's partly because there's no race in formula one that matters more than the championship Whereas in IndyCar yeah. Well the like, double
1: points the double points uh uh Abu Dhabi for no. Let's not forget <laughs> that. <laughs> um
0: But but in IndyCar, like the championship, they any of those IndyCar champions who had not won the Indy five hundred would trade their championships to win that one race. And that's just not yeah, something exactly, you yeah. get in, in European motorsport. Apart from yeah. Le, Le, Le Mans <laughs> essentially. Um yeah, Le I, Le do, Le I do, love, some, I do love that
2: like that kind of idea that it's yeah, I know it's not necessarily still the case, but I mean, watching like the early 90s ones where you've got you know, everyone in the race that's like an IndyCar driver has aspirations to drive in Formula 1 and then there's Formula 1 drivers that are coming to race in the Indy 500. I feel like that, I wish that still happened today. Like the fact that Mansell would come over and... Um, and you've got other people like Teo Farby. <laughs> I seem to be following his career. Yeah.
0: He's like, Farby, uh, Like Farby. Between... World's fastest geography teacher, basically. Looking... World, no, world's <laughs> fastest
2: talc, talc, talc company <laughs> owner. Um, like, it's, it's just so. And, but, but, like, there's another guy, Roberto Guerrero. I think he's right? brilliant. Yeah, I remember his name. Absolute legend. And, like, he, he. I don't think he was in Formula One for very long, but, like, Brilliant character in IndyCar, like and loved. Like, and I'd, I'd, argue, never got I'd a... argue
0: the same about Takuma Sato though, in a in a yeah. kind of I feel like Sato showed flashes of brilliance in Formula One, but was never really, you know, like never really sort of came out of a shell. But in in IndyCar, he's he's just had this amazing sort of second career. Um Martin's showing me a picture of PJ <laughs> Chesson or whatever his
1: name is. I'd tell about PJ Cheston because to me he is he is what he's what defines motorsport to me. Look at
0: this do one. you want? Do you want to know what the results of? Uh, do you want to know where Michael Andretti finished in the 2007 nice. Indy 500? Go for it. 13th place, and his son Marco Andretti finished in 24th with a crash. Martin's just Oof. showing me pictures of
1: wow <laughs> PJ Cheston. PJ, Ch- PJ, PJ, PJ Cheston has all Stain's albums. PJ Chesson loves Staines. He's yeah. so happy that Staines
2: yeah. like, is
0: the lead singer of Staines. <laughs> that, that's how he got him. That,
2: that's how he got him. He, yeah. They're friends yeah. with PJ Chesson. All right. Well, I think it
0: was an amazing race. Um, we need to, uh, having done Indy, I mean, it's the month of May, presumably. Uh, we I could do more Indy. race. It's the best race. Um, I, would, I would like to uh, suggest that we watch the 1982 Monaco race, which is freely available on the, on the F1 YouTube channel so um yeah let's watch that for next week other other stuff coming up in may or should have been coming up in may include the Nurburgring 24 hours and i may have discussed this previously but i'm tempted to just one weekend or the on the weekend that it was supposed to be i'm tempted to just put the Nurburgring 24 hours on and just have it sitting there um in the background no, because- the, the best. best twenty four
1: was the one that ran run, run into a Monday, and which managed to watch it at work. That was the best. That, all like twenty four hours. That was a good
0: one. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was thinking of rewatching one of the ones I was actually at because obviously I wasn't sort of watching it on TV. Um, so I was wondering about twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen.
1: Uh, like, which one's a hell one? Which one's a nuts one? Twenty sixteen. Let's do that one. That's that, yeah.
2: yeah. All right. Um, I was thinking of. Put- is it possible to even get that on YouTube? Right yeah, now? yeah, yeah it'd be easy for
0: me I think so yeah um, I'll be able to dig it out I've got a copy of it anyway or um, I think it's like 24 gig or something um, that's the, exactly the kind of nerd I am is that I, I downloaded the entire race that I was at um, for exactly such an occasion as this where we've got nothing else to do we might as well just bang on but if I can find it on YouTube I'll put it on a, um, one of those watch together things and I'll tweet about it and then anyone who any, all three people who want to watch it in, in sync with us can, can do that
2: that sounds like a great idea, yeah. and I think also we I'll should after Monaco or whatever. Well, so are you saying what we're going to do with Nurburgring is going to be our next chat about? No, it I, I
0: wouldn't yeah. expect you guys to watch a full twenty four hour race, but I, I I might.
2: You know, I'm game for whatever. <laughs> 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 um, uh, but our, ne-
0: our next podcast will be the nineteen eighty two Monaco Grand Prix, okay. which they just okay. put up. On, it's it's freely available, which is, makes it nice for the, for the podcast because it means anyone can watch it as well. Um, so we'll do that but I might do the Nürburgring thing I think it's not this weekend coming anyway it's the weekend after would would have been the Nürburgring 24 hours so that's probably one. it will do yeah.
2: cool okay cool um, do we uh, talking of having time on our hands are we going to have to wrap up now or do we've we want to we've been talking have two
1: quick? And a half hours i so I know I need no, to going as well to go and do like, go and I, I, I did go think to up to a, a, a quick game
2: six. we could do but we should we could S- probably S- wait until let's next wait until yeah let's save it the
0: next time let's do it next time give people a reason to come back all right, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Caution Period podcast. Uh, we're available everywhere that podcasts are available, pretty much all the important ones. You should follow us on Twitter. We're at Caution Period. Uh, it's nice when you tweet us and let us know that you've been listening. Uh, it reminds us that it's not just three guys getting drunk on Skype.
2: And um, give us recommendations on things to watch. Yeah, too, of course. Because, yeah, if you have any um, recommendations, we're open to whatever. Yeah. Uh,
0: thank you for listening. I've got it right this this week for once.